പോളണ്ടിൽ എന്ത് സംഭവിച്ചു പോളണ്ടിനെ പറ്റി നീ ഒരു അക്ഷരം മിണ്ടരുത് Hey Harsha, how are you today? I'm great. Uh it's it's a beautiful spring almost summer morning in Houston, Texas. Yeah, we're we're surprisingly having a bit of a heat wave. Oh, nice. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, my face nobody listening will see but my face is all red because I w- went out for a walk and even with a hat on, I should have had the sunscreen. So Yeah. My garden, which is like my project in my new house is is thriving. I'm so excited for all the flowers that are out there. I know I had like I have I did a a project for we had our uh, Canada 150 a few years ago and I planted 150 tulip bulbs in the front yard and usually the white ones and the red ones come out at different times, but this year they all came out together. It was like awesome. Did you do it in the pattern of the flag or just like No, no, I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that organized. I did, however, there were 50 red, 50 white and 50 a special edition maple leaf tulip that came out that year. And the maple leaf tulips are like there's five of them in the garden. I have no idea the, the squirrels must have, must have loved them and have taken them away, so that was a bit of a disappointment. Maple leaf tulips. But yeah, no, no, no. I I no, no patterns. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that love besides I would have had to, you know, convince Rob that we had to do this too. So <laughs> Yes, this is true. I'm actually really excited for today, and I got more and more excited as I watched a bunch of the films because we're back with another episode about um star kids and nepotism and power structures and however, you know, my brain wants to <laughs> to call all this stuff but we're going to look at Dulkar Salman Pranav Mohanlal and Fahad Fazal today I guess these are like the the hopes and the like the actual actual like generation of of um star kids that like we, we you know I think that the Indian industry traditionally thinks of as star kids um like they you know they grew up together like they all have you know like Fahad and Dilkar especially have stories of like going to see each other when they were kids and um like you know they've been you know you know you hear all the kind of her like interviews where like the kids are like at this party when i was little uncle amit uncle did this that um so like the, those these kids are the ones with that dynamic uh compared to you know some maybe like Pritiraj and Punjako Goblin, who we talked about in the last episode, Vineet, they had a more disconnected from the industry upbringing. Um, but these guys were like really like at the center of the industry growing up. Well, and for me, it was, this is the period where I started watching films too. So for, with, with the exception of Fahad's debut film, which I finally have been able to see, thank goodness, with subtitles, this was the period where i was getting into watching i remember dq's debut you know i was watching uh, fahad's films as the dvds were releasing so it it's quite interesting for me to be able to go back but also going back and watching some of these earlier films after watching a lot of films from the late 90s to 2000 it, it does feel like a huge breath of fresh air all of a sudden i specifically remember like dunker as having like a debut compared to like fahad who had to kind of sneak his way back into the industry so so i think uh like like he is probably the one I was most excited about like he's so handsome and like you know he he got married right before his mate it made his debut so it was like a whole thing and I remember calling my and him DQ in like 2012 to my mom and she was like who are you talking about <laughs> I was like mama be sad DQ she was like I didn't even know this kid was around but now everybody loves him. Well, and so let's start with him because his debut really is different and I think took people by surprise because 
he made, you know, this film, um, Second Show, directed by Srinath Rajendran, who hasn't done a lot since Second Show. It's surprising. I, it is surprising to me. There was uh, Kutara, which had Mohanlal in it. I remember getting the DVD and it had said it was going to have English subtitles, but it didn't. And it's a film that didn't do well at the box office. And I guess my, you know, I will have to wait and, and, and light candles like I did for Fahad's debut <laughs> so that somebody will put it on hot store or one of these with, with subtitles eventually, maybe. But I'm also really excited for Kurup, which brings them back together again. And that will be interesting. But this, you know, this little film with all these unknowns, you go through the credits and it's introducing this one, introducing that one, introducing a lot of new people, pretty much like a group of friends, if I'm remembering correctly, who did this kind of indie film and nothing from Mamuti, like not a star kid launch from his star dad at all. And Mamuti is very hands off with Dulker's career. Yep. He, I sometimes feel like Mamuti barely like acknowledges him in public. Well, I've read some story about, and I don't know if it's true or apocryphal or or what, but this story that he went to the set of um, Bangalore Days and he pretty much ignored his own son and and spoke with Niven and spoke with Fahad and was really, you know, a lot of praise for them and nothing for, but to be honest, I actually like that. I I feel like um, <laughs> for me, I, I think of it as like a very Maniali approach to like like you don't like you don't like acknowledge the elephant in the room. Like you just like I'm too ashamed to like acknowledge the fact that like my son is like doing the same job as I am. He didn't like set his own path, so he just like like praises everybody else. <laughs> Except his son did set his own path. Exactly. And I think partly because his dad is the kind of person he is. Like, not a very... I mean, you know, there's nothing to suggest that Mamudi isn't, like, a good dad or whatever. Like, Mamudi has the image of more of a reserved family man compared to, like, Mohanlal. But this, uh, the fact that they keep such a distance in their public images has really served Dulker yep. well in terms of setting his own image, setting his own identity, setting his own, like coming up and not ever being in, like actually in his dad's shadow. And, um, you know, the fan clubs obviously like, well, Mamudi's fan clubs obviously was a benefit to Dilkar when he launched um, with Second Show and like all your movies, like, you know, they, you know, you a lot of the promotion in Malayalam movies is done through the fan clubs, the welfare <laughs> and clubs. Um, so they, you know, they'll buy tickets or they'll do like charity activities in the name of the movie star. And they did, you know, Doker could like kind of tap into that very early on compared to, you know, somebody like Niven who uh, had to build his fan club from like the ground up, I guess. Um, That is where, you know, nepotism is like a core thing where you can like literally just tap into that existing network of fan clubs. They even, I mean, they even use that idea in traffic where, you know, the very popular actor has a fan club that comes out to help with getting the heart to the right place for his daughter's transplant. I mean, it just shows how much power those fan clubs can have. Exactly. And, um, and you know, they, people, you know, the fans um, call, you know, Mamudi Ika, like, you know, which is a Muslim um, honorific for older brother. So they call Dulkar Salman Kunika, which means little elder brother. So he gets that like moniker, but he also like just, that, that is just with the core Mamudi fan base. And then like, apart from that, Dilker has like this wildly successful career in like South India. And like, yeah, he's tried to make it in Bollywood. It's not been as successful, um, but you know, he's he has a complete separate public image, which is an interesting case study for a lot of Indian film family uh, dynasties. Like everybody like has strongly tied, you know, tied their like star image to their families, like in film cinema, like everybody like has such a tight 
tight connection to who their dad was, their uncle was, their grandfather is, you know, like with Junior NTR, uh, he literally just uses the same name as as his grandfather compared to, you know, even Dulker said that my dad didn't want me to like use his name as my last name. Like, you know, a lot of Malayalis and Tamil people use their dad's first name as their last name. Mamuti didn't name his son with his name because they he didn't want people to know that this this is my son and he just gave him a separate name build yourself man and then they're like ancestral family name so that seems to be a thread in that family that like they they become their own people well and it really i mean as i said earlier it really has worked for Dulker's benefit. One of the things that, that struck me going back and watching Second Show, because I've, I've seen it a couple of times since first watching it. I was really actually really impressed the first time. The second time through, I kind of went, okay, I can, I now I, I, with some distance and having seen more of his career, I can, I can see the weak spots. But then watching it the past week to prepare, I actually felt more t- attached to this film as a debut film. And it was quite interesting, too, because everyone is talking about Kurup being Dilker's first out-and-out, you know, dark role. And I'm thinking, no, because his first role is a grayer character. I mean, just as a side note, Nyan, he was like a terrible person <laughs> in Nyan. <Yeah. laughs> uh, that's a movie people forget about all the time. And, you know, coming back to Second Show, I think that was one of like the most media-savvy like movie launches ever because everything, like, everything I said about him having a separate image from his dad is actually like built from that movie. And it was very intentional. Like he is one among so many newcomers. And I, I think it's a very, so I don't know. I don't know if there was a mastermind, but like if I was a PR person, I think that would have been a great job done, which is that like to set embed him in which a bunch of like newcomers and not to make him stand out and to make him seem like this like guy who made it with his like group of like newcomer friends uh because at the end of the day he's the one who's like had whose career skyrocketed from that movie the rest of them have still are still like Sun Wayne has a career but got to me like like they they're still like you know, they don't have, you know, Gautami especially doesn't have much of a career right now. Yeah, I, I think it's just, it was like a masterful move to to embed him in that, like, newcomer movie and then to, like, launch him from there. I'd almost think, though, that he's savvy enough and he's pro- and, and you can see that through the choices he's been making and in starting his own production house. I think he's actually savvy enough to have thought that through, to, to know that it can be a double-edged sword, as we'll, we'll see with the other cases today a double-edged sword to really stand you know on your father's laurels yeah and it's very um and it's very intentional compared to some of the other careers we'll look at but then after you know second show which is this little dark indie film he does ustad hotel yeah and that that is such a second show was like an obvious like i'm not gonna be like like a soft i'm not gonna be like the kid that you guys knew like you know as a celebrity son i'm gonna be dark and then like in a song hotel he kind of returns to that like i'm actually like this kid you guys know (laughs) because you know my dad he kind of plays the type in that movie like i was like it's probably like how i imagined like like a little spoiled rich kid but yeah but uh, and i find it interesting like that 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 might have been a first choice film. That that would have been an obvious first choice as a film. But I like that he still owns it. Yeah, that was me. This is also me. There, there's a little bit of Pritzadaj comparison in that Pritzadaj went with Mandanam where he's like the spoiled rich kid. And then he went to stop violence and Dulkar, um, or he had that little rom-com, Nakshatra Kanula Rajumaran, but like nobody knows that movie <laughs> compared to like Dulkar who, yeah, who did the dark role and then he did the rich kid role. And then he did the dark yes, role again. he did. Thivram. Oh, you know what? It's interesting. He went second show, Ustan Hotel, Thivram, ABCD. So he like went back and forth between like dark and like, this is what you guys think I am. <laughs> roles. Oh, and Thivram is the first time we actually get a Mamudi reference in a Dulker film. I actually like and don't like this film at the same time. I like it because I get what they were trying to do. I'm not sure it really worked out well. 
But I actually think Dilker was a really good choice for that because it's, spoiler, 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 it's the story of a man, played by Dulker, who's a, a music composer for films, and he plans the perfect murder. And we discover through the film why he why he plans this perfect murder. And we don't we don't know much about it, but his character is very dark in the first half. And then the first half is all in the present. And the second half is mostly in the past. And in the second half, we see where he meets the woman who will become his wife and how this all happens and how very much they're in love. And that's that's like he's playing both of those sides. He's playing the nice guy and he's playing this very dark character as well. And I think Fahad could have carried, if, it, if that's true, I think Fahad could have carried off the darker side really well. But I don't tend to enjoy Fahad as much where he's trying to play these, you know, nice, sweet lover boy types. I think when uh, Fahad plays like, um, it's so weird because this is like his Bangalore day, his role is like when he plays like the urban lover boy types, I just like don't believe him in it. But like when he plays like a rural lover boy, I'm like, that's exactly what I want to see him in. So um, yeah, I think um, I, you're right that this is like the kind of urban, sophisticated uh, like lover boys that Dilker is kind of known for is is like the the light side of the room and then he plays the dark side, which he continues to like balance that so well um, in his career. Like it's it's so funny that he doesn't have a darker like image of the way Fahad does because Dilker has consistently played darker roles, but his Im- image is so much less intense as a person. Yeah, and as I said, you know, I saw that discussion about his first dark role, and I was like, have they, have you watched everything in his career? I I do wonder sometimes. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like Second Show, it's Divam, it's um, Kamati Param, it's it's Kali. He's like played so many intense roles, but uh, for some reason, they don't seem to stick to him that much. Which is unfortunate because he, he really does bring something different, different from other people who inhabit that space as well. Which, I mean, which is the point. I mean, we don't all want one actor for every dark role because, like, you know, movie watching would be incredibly boring in that case. Yeah, I think what Dilker has going for him sometimes is like, like he, I think he could have done a movie like Love. Like, I think he could have very easily done a movie like Love. And he could have played... And every, you know, like the kind of toxic relationship depicted in it, I think he would have per- been perfect for that because he's so handsome. Like, he's so handsome. And like, that's exactly the kind of person that you as a woman can imagine yourself like getting into a toxic relationship with. I wouldn't want to, but. Oh, well, that, that is a good <laughs> idea. But I'm saying it's so easy to fix to that. Yeah. With a, yeah. Like, not, you know, boy next door, handsome, like, non threatening person like him. Yeah. And you'd be, you'd be in and trapped before you even realized there was, you know, a problem. And then, you know, then what do you do? Basically, we would say that, and hey, everybody, give Booker more credit for like the dark aspects of his characters yeah i i think that's 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 really fair i mean i i think that's a career there have been some films that haven't done well and and i mean he's always he's always been good even in films that haven't done as well he's 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 sort of very consistent as a as a performer and i think that's something to say you know when you're when you're building a career i mean are there are there huge flops well, there are things that haven't done. Like Tibram was very much panned. Oh, the film he did a couple of years ago, which was sort of a massy film, and everybody was saying, "Oh, well, it's his first time doing a massy film." And I thought, "Well, what about um, Vikramaditya?" Yeah, like that's a, that's a massy film. Which one are you talking about? Because I I'm trying to think of like which one would be considered super massy in this. I saw it in the theater um, uh, two years ago, and like we were one of five people in the theater so that you can tell how how that went is it Ori Yamandan Premakada? yeah I, yes. I, 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 I like never watched that movie so I don't even know what it's about it I don't I I watched it and I have I have no idea what it was okay. about it wasn't a great film and he but and I think that I think maybe that's the the only point where you, it was the performance was a bit of a struggle for him it it that's what it felt like watching it 
He's trying to play like a Vijay type, like the kind of roles Vijay plays in like Tamil movies. He was, yeah, that's what the poster even looks like. So that makes sense to me that he's not good at playing, uh, pulling that off. Yeah, it wasn't a good fit for him. But, you know, given the overall arc of his career and like you, I think I do want my actors taking chances on things that maybe don't suit them. Maybe it's a gamble, and maybe it might have paid off. It didn't this time, but uh, I, I think I'd rather see people taking more chances than sitting very comfortably in a wheelhouse. I think he's not good at playing rural characters the way Fahad is, and I think maybe that's where I see like a gap in his filmography, because uh, he does have a certain amount of range, but maybe where I don't see his range extend is like, he can't play characters that are quite as rooted as, I, I think maybe that's what his dad is. You know, like Mamori has a history of playing like, um, like patriarchs and, but other than Rajamanikam, which was like purposely fought, like kind of playing against like people's image of him as like a, like a very sophisticated guy. I can't think, you know, like when he's in movies, he plays like very stiff patriarchs, even when in rural movies. So he's like like the upholder of like feudalism, the upholder of like the order, uh, patriarchy caste, things like that. And, and I feel like that's, maybe it's just not in either of their like repertoire. You know, that's one of the things we always compare Mohanlal and Mamuti to is like their, the distance in their like, Range. It's like Mohila can play every kind of role, and he's a little bit awkward, funny in like extremely urbane roles. Um, like he can't play like a CID, uh, like a the CBI director of type roles, but like he uh, Mamudi can. Mohila can't, you know, plays like these extremely rooted rural uh, characters, which Mamudi struggles with. And I wonder if it's just not a thing. Dulker can do either. I, I wonder if it's just not something that's in DNA as well. Yeah, and I think that's that's the assessment I've come to watching all those those careers, and it's like when I see Mamuti in something that's that's very rural and rooted, I'm like, eh, I'm not, I know, I'm not going to enjoy him in this, am I? And I don't. But you know, give give him a role where he's you know playing a lawyer or a you know that kind of more urban kind of character and I, I i really love him and again it's like if you've got maybe that's why you know you've got mohanal and mamuti as sort of the two stars because they do occupy different spaces in terms of their their filmographies and what and what they're able to really pull off well the the thing is mamuti is the actual one who's actually from like an agrarian background his family were actually farmers compared to mohanal who's a city kid and so that's really funny uh, that they, they in, in their film lives they can't and you know Mamuri still you see that like out um like during farming season like I see him like planting crops and stuff to like promote farming and you know I can't imagine one not doing any of that I don't think he likes to get money to be honest <laughs> like he Mohanla likes classical music classical architecture <laughs> And uh, he's a very fancy man in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's really funny that their on-screen lives, their on-screen abilities are so much in contrast to their actual personalities. Sorry, I'm Googling something. Um, there's a fascinating like academic article about comparing the kinds of masculinity Mohila and Mamuri represent in Malayalam cinema, and uh, maybe we can put it in the put it in the show notes. Mamuri represents like an extremely high caste ideal. Mohila represents like a somewhere in the medium range, but like, and he can like go into like the lower lo lowest caste. Uh, but Mamuri is the one who's more often played Dalits, I think, in Budhakanadi um, and things like that. So it's uh, there. There's a like really interesting discussion about like masculinity and like what the kinds of Malayali masculinity that they both of them represent. But that's for a different episode. But yeah, back to Dukar. Yeah, so we, we you know Dukar maybe challenge yourself, try to play more rooted girls, see if it works out. 
maybe do a, a Rajamani game too, like where you try to do a Trivandrum accent and like have people, because I'm from Trivandrum, people have like used that accent with me. Like, and like, I love that movie. Your guys' accent is so funny, but it's something I've heard a lot. So maybe try to do a Trivandrum accent, Bilker. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm. I, I wonder if he can do accents. Yeah, he quite, always has a very cosmopolitan Malayalam. Like, he, I, he, his language grasp is very good compared to like a lot of kids who grew up in Chennai. His language grasp is very good. The next person we're not about to talk about is so good with local dialects. So you want to move? You want to move on yeah. to Fahad? So I sometimes I don't even know where to begin because I had known that there was this first film. And I had seen it without subtitles and kind of thought, maybe I need subtitles. Maybe I'll get more out of this if there are subtitles. So you want to talk about who is Fahad Fazl, first of all, what family he comes from? Yeah, actually, why don't you, why don't you go there? Yeah, so Fahad Fazl is the son of the director Fazl. Um, he comes from a pretty big family, actually, uh, from Alapura. And actually, that's where Kunjaka Wilbin comes from, I think. And they, you know, they, uh, they have a lot of like, Fazil especially is like kind of one of the big directors of the 80s, 90s Malayalam cinema that, that, that Malayalam cinema first became famous for, you know, he, he, um, he's directed classics, basically. I think I became more familiar with Fazil because at first I, when I, when I realized um, I was watching a lot of Hindi remakes of his films. Mostly like Riyadarshan, right? Who, yeah, yeah. Um, was also one of um, his assistant directors for a bit, um, including for Manitazatai. You know, Fasil's done Manil Virginia Puko, which is like Mohilal's big debut. You know, pretty much like any of like beloved Malayalam film you can think of, it, uh, of that era comes from Fasil or one of the assistant directors associated with him. Um, so he's a towering figure in Malayalam cinema. And he launched Kunchaka Yes, Bowman. so he launched Kunchaka Bowman when Kunchaka Bowman was like 18 um, with this kind of youthful, like lovers against their family story. And two years later, he was like, this movie was a huge success. I got an 18-year-old kid. Let me launch him with the same, essentially the same like cast around them. And it's going to be great. He's going to be the next Kunjaka Bowman. And didn't work out. No, and it was quite funny because I was watching it and I was thinking, this is this is like a Kunjaka Bobin film. This is this is his space. This is what he does or what he did at the time really, really well. I mean, we both love his first film. We talked about it in the last episode, like all my childhood memories of his first films. But... Um, for, uh, like Kaya has a great, great song. It does. It does. Um, the choreography is really unfortunate. It's a movie made for Kunjaka Woman. Like that all should have, like, because it's for a good dancer. Well, and, and part of me was the dancing. Nobody's dancing is really good because the choreography isn't really good. And, and uh, like the cynical part of me was, did they create bad choreography so that Fahad wouldn't look too bad? The clothes are so funny. I mean, I am like, I know clothes look so funny in like 90s Malayalam cinema anyway, like Western clothes, but like all his clothes like make him look so small as a person. Like they're huge compared to who he is. And he has like hair. Yes, hair is huge. <laughs> Yeah, it's but yeah, yeah of the, of the period, but I I watched this film and I actually I mean he apologized for it and said it wasn't his father's fault and I'm sorry his I think this was his father's fault, like I really do I really think his father made a choice to launch him in a way that just didn't suit him at all. There are little moments in this film where he's actually quite good. And I always ask myself when I watch a first film, how do I think I feel about this person going forward? You know, Dulker in second show, I could see there was something there. I knew he was going to have a career of some kind. I go back and I look, if, if I had been seeing this film, first film at the time, I would have said, this kid is going nowhere. Like really, like maybe supporting roles because he's got, he's not bad at parts. Like I was so stunned at how that film hit me 
And this is after seeing and knowing he's got like a substantial career now and seeing what he can do. It is his dad's fault because he was only like 18 and his dad basically like pushed him into doing that role, it seems. And he, they used his like pet name that his parents call him, Shanyu. And like, you know, he is called Shanyu by like Booker and stuff because they grew up together. It was like, it's like, it's like this baby, like he's literally just taken out of like secondary school and put into a movie. And that's the same thing that happened to Kunjako Bowman, but like he was massively successful in it. Poor Fahad had to flee the country saying, I mean, I'm sure he did want to pursue an education, but like he left for America because of like people were ragging on him so much in Kerala. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, what, seven or eight years later, he starts to come back and build a career, which says to me that he must have wanted to be in the business on some level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it didn't see... When he was 18, maybe he did want to be in the business. But to me, it, uh, it really felt like his dad wanted him in the business. And by the time he left the country, you know, he did his education, he lived abroad a few years, he probably did realize that, like, there was something he could offer the industry. Now, I don't know if he saw, like, his immense talent. I don't know if he was doing theater in America, things like that. Um, Maybe he was, I don't know. But, yeah, this, like, very intense, like, actor persona uh, from the person he was, or the person we all thought he was when he was a teenager is is was a huge transition. And he started off when he came back to India, he didn't start off with like leading roles. He really felt like he had to earn the audience's trust and appreciation back. It helped that he looked like a completely different person when he came back. He was losing a lot of his hair, he, you know, like no mustache. Yeah, and and what struck me, like, like I mentioned, the first time I saw him was in the in Kerala Cafe, the anthology film. Uh, th- to be honest, the only the only portion of that film that I really like is Anjali Menon's Happy Journey. But he's in one of these l- films in this in this um, portmanteau film. Yeah, it was Mitten Jam. Tilikan is the one who stands out in that bit. I mean, because of course he's going to. But I did think, I mean, again, it's a tiny little role. In the in this in this little film in a bigger anthology, and then he did Pramani and Cocktail and Tournament. You know, Pramani is the first one I saw him in, and and like I remember thinking, you know, sometimes you watch movies and you're like, you see a side character go by, and like, I want I want to know more about that character, and that was what he was in Pramani to me. He was like a government worker or something like that, um, and he was going up against Mamuti. And I was like, oh, that's a fascinating character. And um, I'd like to know more about that character. And, you know, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know. Like, I was just like, you know, that's the way I feel about a lot of the Vinicius and like extended cast. Like that actor is really good. I want to know more about his character. And so he was like, in a very like mediocre film, like Romani, he was, he was that for me. And I think, I think it was interesting that he, in this little tiny role, even in scenes with Mamuti, he wasn't outshone by Mamuti. Yeah. And that's, that impressed me a lot, you know. And you've got Cocktail, he's got a really tiny role. It's, it's an Anoop Menon film, and I have a lot of mixed feelings about Anoop Menon. But a, a tiny role is kind of a crappy boss. You know, we, we can see where this territory is going now. <laughs> but then Tournament is is kind of you know directed by Lal and is a little more massy film and and he plays one of three friends who are cricket players going to tryouts. I love the 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 first half of the film because it, it's more about friendships and a road trip as they go through this but then it completely switches in the second half and you realize that everyone's trying to undermine everybody else in this film and he disappears at some point because he's one of the people who gets injured and is not going forward on this journey it's the kind of space of his first film sort of you know song and dance and a little more upbeat and massy but he doesn't seem as um he seems to be able to do that even if that's not the space maybe he's most known for or most comfortable in he doesn't look as uncomfortable in it this time around you see that um around 2008 to 2000 
and he really is just like dipping his toes in like doing a bunch of side characters just uh paying his dues really like is what it feels like to me he like shows up in a couple of cameo appearances which like a lot of young actors do to like build um like build favors in in the industry and I don't imagine him like showing up in cameos anymore you know that he's a big star but like he's really like putting himself through the paces as a upcoming actor and that's you know we hit chapaka shit in 2011 and that's when people really like this kid's got the chops and and actually for me even though he won the state award um I think in Chapagaja, we've mentioned this before, Vinisha Nilasan is like the more interesting character. And uh, Ramiana Mishin is more the more interesting character because she's like the kind of woman who's been um, betrayed by Fahad. Uh, Fahad kind of just plays this like manipulative, spoiled brat. He's very good at it. And he, he kind of comes back to those traits a lot in his characters. Yeah, he, he, he lets himself be superseded by other actors in the movie in a very in a very graceful way um that like elevates the film yeah and then we have bangalore days we have 22 female cotton which is like again back to the yeah. kind of manipulative character yeah i don't like that film. you don't <laughs> i don't i have huge problems with that film not with fahad just uh, the, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it unless we do a whole episode around around. But the part of it is they did a whole women empowerment thing, for the for the publicity, and then I saw what the film did, and I and I I'm not terribly happy with vengeful women being the standard bearers for female empowerment. Mm, okay, well maybe you know, especially in light of like promising young women, maybe this is like another episode into itself. Yeah. In between, after you know, after he's got like a lot some credit as an actor with um, Chapa Gushi, he's he goes through like Twenty Two Female Cardam, Diamond Necklace, Anim Rasul, like Anim, which was you know like I think a lot of people really took a liking to like took a liking to the kind of rural characters he plays in Anim and in I guess Anim Rasul where he's a bit more tragic. North Twenty Four Cardam, like the same director. I feel like I really was like, this guy is somebody I keep, I want to keep watching with Orindia Pranagada, where he's like, I don't know, he just plays like a very, like, he plays like a guy who's in it for himself, but then like along the way, he gets to be, uh, you know, falls in love, like he gets to do the whole dance, uh, song and dance thing, and I feel like that's, like a lot of the skills that he could have used in Kayat and Budata come for me at least came to fruition in Odindium Pranayama as a romance. Yeah, it's a it's a really fascinating career once he started to rebuild it. And I mentioned Bangalore Days only because after all of that, that was the f- you know, I had saw Bangalore Days in, I think it was probably the first film I saw in it. No, I saw Ermi in a, th- in a theater. Went to see Bangalore Days in a theater and it was the first time that I had seen anyone cheer for someone other than Mohanlal Ramuti. He came on and the crowd went wild. And I was like, really? Like, I was really surprised at how, and not Dulkar, not not Niven, but Fahad. Yeah, and I think that it also has to do with the fact that, like, in all those films I described before, he was just, like, back-to-back, just, like, knocking them down. Like, setting them up and knocking them down. And and it, it, it was like a like a really excellent fruitful few years for him where he was just like going from like negative roles to like like sweet roles and like he was showing like an incredible amount of range so by the time like he got to Bangalore days and he's actually like this really he's not like one of the main characters he's like a side character in Nasria's plot but um even though he's like he's a side character, he gets to play that kind of role as like a superstar at that point. Compared to like the other two guys who are still like working on their like working on their superstar status. Yeah, so I think by Bangalore days he had become a superstar. Yeah, it was just it was interesting for me because mostly online I was hearing about the others and very few people. I find it really fascinating that that not as many people at that time were talking about Fahad in online. And I don't know what, you know, I cannot know what the perception of, of all of them would have been in India. 
in India. I was living in India at that time. And I think, um, you know, like Nivin Pali was coming off, um, he was still floating on Tatatin uh, and he did a great job with Nasriya in Om Shanti Oshana. But um, I think it was the combination of like, I remember the press being most excited about it being an Anjali Menon film and like having the star yeah. cast. Um, it was like a little bit of a Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum thing, like where people were like, like the star cast with this like superstar, like screenwriter or director who is like making her first mainstream film. And I think people were really excited about it. So I, yeah, I am surprised that like, like, I think it was the combination that got people excited at that time. And yeah, I'm surprised that Fahad got the applause, but like all those guys were like super hyped up. I think I remember in my, in my theater, I watched it in Bombay. <laughs> when Niven first came on, like people started clapping because of like of his little rant that he was doing the talking about socialist india well because it's a it's a clear callback to um oh amita bachchan is it yeah isn't it that that dialogue in um in amar akbar anthony uh, yeah the repeating i didn't think of it that way um i see maybe that's what she intended it to be i remember the starting of the song where like the guy he like gives a little rhyming dialogue of things that actually make sense but you think is nonsense yeah but that that's what it is that that kind of dialogue i don't know if it was a conscious i mean given angelie menon it feels like it would be okay and it would be, but yeah. You know, this is kind of like Amar Anthony in that like there's three big stars who are at the center of this. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, actually, thinking about it. In the kind of era we're right now, uh, with the streaming services and the smaller films that we can watch at home, obviously it makes perfect sense to me that Fahad is just thriving. Like he's, his movies are you know, like Joji, whether it's um, See You Soon. Um, has he had any other streaming releases? Yes, there was another one from the same director as See You Soon. Irul? Irul. Okay, uh, I don't think that people like that one. But, like, the kind of actor he is, he's perfectly suited for the streaming services. He is, I mean, as much as Malayalis consider him a superstar, he's not a person who is, like, who is like a massy film star. He's he's very much an actor is actor. And um, the kind of work he's putting out in the streaming OTT era is is so good on streaming services. Like it's a it's a great like I can turn on a fun style movie and like I know I'm gonna be treated to something unique and different and something that will stay with me. I put in our notes that I think trance is probably my favorite of his performances. Not, I mean, not that, you know, not that the other ones aren't good. They're, they're wonderful. But there are moments um, when I, when he's on screen in trance, I'm, I'm literally breathless because he's so, I don't even have words for it. Like the performance is so, like the, the film, whatever you think about it. Um, and, you know, there are people on both sides of the fence in terms of the film. I love it. But there are, fi- there are moments where he is so breathtaking and the way he's shot is just breathtaking. And the performance he's given is just like, I, I honestly cannot, I can and I cannot believe it. It's like, how does he get better and better and better all the time? Um, I, you know, speaking of favorite films, I think my... Um, just on an emotional level is uh, is Mahesh Nabratigaram. For me, he's, my mom is from that part of the world and he just like exemplifies like such a simplicity in his character. Like he's just about the small pleasures in life and the small revenge <laughs> in his life. I just love that like in that movie, I just love everything about that movie, even though it's like kind of a kooky movie at the end of the day. Uh, but uh, like just the sense of place in that movie and Idiki um, and like the people, it, it, it is in a lot of ways what Marao movies do best, the sense of rootedness. Um, so for me, that is, that's probably his favorite, his favorite starring role. And again, in things like Kumblingi Nights, he does such a great job letting other actors be the big 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 star of the movie while like so gracefully like supporting them in a way that elevates the movie 
I think I think one of the things that got me very excited about doing this episode was very much looking back at his filmography. And I went through all of those early films again. And quite honestly, I just want to keep watching film after film after film. And I don't, f- I mean, I love all the others, but I just don't feel the same way. Like even the worst films in Fahad's filmography, I'm happy to watch because he always brings something to it. All of this is like, you know, we praise him, everybody praises him so much for his acting. I think part of it is like, it's because he's not conventionally handsome. Part of it is like, we, we we're so surprised that we, that man is so riveting on screen because he's not conventionally handsome. He looks very different in like, like when he's, you know, groomed in a certain way versus like when he's not groomed in a certain way. He's very, he's, he's a chameleon in the way he looks. But I don't think in, and like he looks so, like in, in the Bangalore days parts where he's like playing the biker, they like, I don't know what they did to his hair, but like it looked fuller, it looked cooler. Um, but he doesn't always have that cool hair. Like he, he, he's very, he transforms in every role physically. And, um, you know, to a certain extent, we say that about Mohanlal, at least he used to say that about Mohanlal. I think Mohanlal is just like a bigger presence in the screen. Fahad is a very slight man. And and um, just the fact that he occupies the screen is so effectively is, I think it, it it's not something we would expect. And I think that's why we are always like surprised and like we, we want to, re- you know, we want to reiterate that he is, so special because of his talent and charm on screen. And I will say he's married to a beloved actress herself, Nazria Nazan. And actually his career took a bit of a dip in the two years after he married her because people were <laughs> mad, but he married her. There's like a 13 year age difference between them. So people were, and it, it was an arranged marriage and like people were like, he's he's like, he's like her robbing and um, people were kind of mad about it and I, I wasn't mad about it I remember being mad about that, him marrying her and like her not acting right after that and um, you know we have this like legacy of actresses like Manjula Adir like Parvati Jairam's Parvati a lot of these great actresses just not acting after they're married so everybody was like this old guy married her like suddenly like the whole changed the whole game changed when they decided to get married they're like this like this beloved actor turned from this old guy is marrying this little kid and he's not letting her act and um and he kept saying no no it's not me telling her not to act she just doesn't want to act she wants to do finish her school and she wants to like build her home and stuff like that and so for a few years he did have a bit of a career dip after they got married um although his movies didn't do well until um, my nation of living item. And I was like, I, I, I think that's what I forgave him for marrying her. Well, and I, you know, I spent like two years whining online about how we needed her to come back. And it was really stunning to watch Pramani in the last week and realize she was in it too. And she was like 15 or 16. She played a sister. No, she plays she plays Mamuti's adopted okay. daughter. Like it's a really small role, but I was like, Oh my goodness, she's such a baby. And she is compared to him. You know, for me, I uh, I knew her from like when she was hosting stuff on TV, like my parents would watch all these singing shows. So I like knew her from that. And so like I think me and most Malayalis had this like really protective feeling towards her. I, you know, she would say maybe she would say it differently. Like she for me. I always saw it as like, she was like this teenager who was like in love with her college professor or something. And like, she agreed to the marriage because like, he's probably like such an impressive actor. And like, she probably looked up to him. And um, that was like the dynamic, like in my head, I was like, he's taking advantage of this little kid. And I need him to like, leave her alone. But you know, they're, they're they're probably happy. Like, I'm not but you know we we have this history just because around that time they got married was when Manjuvair like left her marriage and she got married when she was a teenager or like 20 to a man who was like 12 years older than her so we were we just know as Malayalis we have like some amount of trauma about marriages breaking up because of like the huge age difference and like how early the actresses get married yeah I was just grateful when she came back like I'm, I'm glad she's back in the industry I'm glad I think I really think 
think this man thought that his career was over because white people were so mad at him. So I'm glad he like pushed her to like like start like producing and things like that. Um, so you know, good for him, I guess, that he's like uh, like encouraging her to have a career. So we should probably move on to the last person we're going to talk about today, um, Pranav Mohanlal, son of the Mohanlal. Mohanlal has no issue using his first name as Pranav's last name. Or using connections. I really feel bad. And I really feel for Pranav. I have no idea. So, okay. So, so when did you first learn about somebody called Pranav Mohanlal? When did you, like, first know about him? Um, I kind of was aware that he had done the, the movie as a child. Mm-hmm. Had I hadn't seen it. I mean, I did have seen it now, but I hadn't seen it. And it wasn't really available, like, you know, 10 years ago when I first started looking. And then his name just sort of came up every once in a while. I think more more so when he was AD for uh, Jitu Joseph on Drisham. And there was a lot of talk about him coming back into movies. So, I mean, that's that's essentially about all I, all I knew at the time. So we should probably say that um, Pranav is... Pranav is not just the son of a, a big movie star. He is the grandson of a major producer. His mom is from a big Tamil film family as well. Her name is Sujitar Balaji, and like her dad um, is known for big, you know, big Tamil films. Uh, you know, the first Billa with Rajini uh, Kant is 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 a Balaji film. So this is a big film family, and I think they. I remember hearing that, um, I'm sorry, Mohanlal, um, Sujita actually wrote her, um, Mohanlal a fan letter, um, and that's how they got to know each other, and um, that's how they met. Um, so that, so it makes sense to me that, like, the, you know, maybe this guy just hasn't considered there's a, there's a not there's a life outside film. Well, and we've talked before, and, and you you've mentioned that you're not sure he really wants to be in movies. Yeah, like he knows. I think uh, so because the first time I knew of somebody called Pranam Mohanlal, I mean, I assumed he uh, Mohanlal had a kid somewhere, um, but I think the first time I heard about Pranam Mohanlal was like actually a Facebook fan page. I like a couple of my friends from Indian school days, like were like tagging the, each other in like a few pictures of him, like that he had like put on his profile or like somebody had taken of him and they were like, he's so hot. And like when, and I, I remember like, this was like late uh, 2000s um, or like 2010 maybe. And people were saying like, when's he gonna make his debut? Like, he's so hot. Like, uh, like everybody just, expected him to do it and you know nobody connected the, this was no one connected to the film industry it was just like girls online who were being like he's hot he should need movies yeah and i think i i think i heard a, some of that buzz around the time that dulker was launching because it, it was like okay well if mamuti's son is going to be launching what about mohanla's son so there was a little bit of that um he is really good looking he's very good looking and Dulka at least had had some work before he got into the movies. I don't know if Pranav has had any work done. He, he, like, even though his entire face is covered with a beard, he's a very good looking dude. But, like, his life so far and his career has been extremely unintentional compared to Dulka's. A lot, it felt like he was avoiding, like, doing films for the longest time. Like, he was literally, like, zigzagging from people's expectations. And, like, he's really into, like, adventure sports and, like, traveling the world and a lot of rich kid hobbies, basically. And I guess, like, somebody or maybe his dad told him it's time to settle down and make a career for himself. So his, like, first step into movies was being an 84 Jitu Joseph, you know, actually he started with uh, the Dershim like Tamar uh, remake and yeah. he's done a few Jitu Joseph movies as an AD and then Jitu Joseph decided to launch him, I guess, as in Adi. Yeah. And I remember, and as he was, and compared to like a lot of these guys we're talking about, he was really, he's really old. Like he, I mean, at that point he's like, 27, 28, like all these guys are launching as teenagers or like in their early 20s. 
so like that more that just the fact that he waited that long is what gives me the impression that like that is this is not a guy who wants to be in the industry and i remember like watching a behind the scenes like video uh, of Adi shooting and it was Jitu Joseph and Jitu Joseph's wife standing on both sides. They were like, say something, say something. Like Jitu Joseph's wife is like, yeah, say something, Prana. Like, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I know this is an audio medium, but the guy was like shrugging and being like, I, I'm, I'm being forced to talk by this auntie who is in charge of me. Well, and let's, I mean, let's talk about that whole film because when, what I wrote down was everything about the film screams Mohanlal. I mean, you've got Jitu Joseph who gave Mohanlal sort of a, a career resurgence with Jisham. You've got um, Ashurvad Cinemas. So it's Anthony Perumbu. As we said, produce anything Mohanlal is in. Yeah. And you even have, when, when, when they're doing the credits, they, they do this spinny things with the names. So Mohanlal's name comes up first and then Pranav for Pranav Mohanlal. I was like, oh my goodness. And there are, there are the, the first, he sings a song. He's supposed to be a, a musician. Uh, he wants, I guess, wants to be a music director, if I'm remembering correctly. But it opens with him playing guitar and singing a song in a club. And it's a song from Mohanlal's first film. And there are a number of Mohanlal references. And I was like, here's, the, I mean, here's the problem I have. W- whether this kid is just, <laughs> this young man is deciding to, <laughs> he still feels like a kid to me. Whether he's deciding to make a career or not sure about wanting to make a career, from my perspective, it sort of feels like his father is overwhelming everything here. Yes. It feels so much about Mohanlal and so little about Pranav, with one exception. What they did in Adi was introduce parkour to Malayalam cinema. And they actually put out the money to get like four French guys who pretty much are, you know, the creators of parkour, who had worked with people like Luc Besson in France. Um, when he included parkour in his films. So they, they did this and Pranav does his own stunts. He's not as proficient as the, at parkour as the four guys they brought in. I wouldn't expect him to be, but he really does a really good job with that. I find he has kind of a physical presence and a physicality when they, when they make use of it that way. It's really good. Whether that can translate into anything as a career, I don't know. He also has this unfortunate resting face that looks like he's um, ready to cry. He has a resting crying face. He, he does. And I mean, even even in the film where he was, what, 10 years old or something that he made as a child actor, he constantly looks like he's ready to cry. And I think it's really unfortunate. But he, when he smiles, he has an incredibly sweet smile. So I don't, I, and I just don't know, like I'm, I look at his first film and I think the presence of his father sits so heavy here. I don't know how he manages to establish his own presence. There are some things I like about him. And it's pretty much the same for his second film. There was a, a lot of Mohanlal references. Again, the, the, the moments he's best at are the very physical things. But I still don't know like, I really don't get a read from him. Yeah, um, he really feels like he's just floating on uh, on his dad's merits. And that can fly. Like, that's what Abhishek Bachchan did for a really long time. <laughs> you know, does, does Malayalam cinema have space for Pranam Mohanlal? Well, and I think this is one of the reasons why we're looking at this at star kids you know how how many chances do you get before you don't get any more chances and it's really obvious from from the people we've been looking at so far that they've made a decision to be there and they've made choices about what they're doing in terms of their careers independent of mostly independent of their star families but Pranav I don't I just I don't see him as I just don't know what to make of him. And I find, on the one hand, I, I really love that Mamuti has taken a step back. Even if sometimes it's funny how he, he is so silent about Dilker. And I think Mohanlal is the opposite. Like, 
when when there's a film coming out, when Pranav is involved, he's constantly doing promotion for it. Network is so involved, you know, it's, it's Priyadarshan, it's Anthony Pembabur, it's Chitu Joseph. Like, Mohanlal is famously like a, like a camp guy in the industry. Like, he has a camp and he sticks to that, his group of friends. Um, and he, he is, he's either Pranav is interested in going outside that camp or like, the, you know, he, the family is forcing him to be in that camp. But Pranavala, like, if you want to be in the movies, go out, like step out of sight of your dad's shadow because there's no, there's no, nothing grows in that shadow. Like he, it's too big. It's too, it's too overwhelming. He's such a big star. He's so beloved. We, 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 we will not see you as your own person if you don't step outside. And that's it. So that now I am wondering because he's going to be in. Um, a film directed by Vinit Srinivasan. Hridayam, mm-hmm. I, I will admit I'm a little wary because it sounds like a romance. And it's got Kalyani Prilish. She is lovely, but, you know, we're just, you, it's just like, um, it doesn't feel like a departure the way typically Vinit's movies, like, like he's, he's gonna build a, like, unique cast that's been picked out for their uniqueness. Like, we love Kalyani, like, you know, if this movie was Kalyani and some rando guy, I would be like super excited because Kalyani is a star and she deserves to like her space. Yeah. And I am not convinced based on what I've seen from Pranav that he can handle a romance. I don't think it's his wheelhouse. You know, months from now when the film releases, maybe I'll be wrong. On the other hand, I keep saying I can't read him and maybe that's part of it. Maybe they haven't had a chance maybe he hasn't been able to tap in because he's still under under his father's shadow so much i i i like him enough that it frustrates me that he's there in this place and 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 people are doing things with him and for him and they don't seem to work for me except i see something in him that i think oh the right director the right writer the right kind of script to take advantage of what he can do I don't know. I mean, does that exist? You know, Vidya Jamal, right? The Hindi actor, he's really good at martial arts. And like, he actually has like a YouTube series where he interviews like Hong Kong action stars. And like, I think it's so fascinating because he wants to build an industry of like action movies in in Hindi cinema. Um, I, I love Hong Kong action movies. Like, the, you know, like... I hate I hate Dishim and I hate like I hate like the Marvel type big explosion movies, but like Hong Kong movies, Wuxia um, movies, like they're so the athleticism of those moves are beautiful. And Vidya Jamal is one of the few people I've seen in Indian cinema who get who ha- who comes from that same place of just like the like it's almost like ballet like the way he moves uh, like in those action sequences is gorgeous and and maybe for somebody like Pranam Mohanlal that is the kind of movie he wants to make I don't know if there's space for that in Malayalam cinema but I think Hindi cinema could do it yeah and as I said I mean the parkour sections that he's involved in in Adi are really lovely you know and to, to impressively doing because parkour is not easy. And again, you know, to, to, to be standing up there on screen with, you know, the people who pretty much invented parkour and put it on screen, you know, either themselves or with Luc Besson, like he really does hold his own. Like I, 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 I get frustrated because I think there's something there. I see something there. I just have no idea how it can be tapped into. As you said, maybe not in Manalam Cinema. And certainly not under the shadow of his father. Yeah, and you know, we're talking, you know, there's there's some great stunt and action choreographers like uh, P- uh, Peter Hine, who's like the th- uh, Vietnamese Tamil, you know, action choreographer. And he's, you know, ma- so like Tamil cinema has tried it. I mean, I don't think Tamil cinema does uh, like, because Peter Hine is always trying to choreograph like men who doesn't, don't have like the athleticism to carry it off. <laughs> Maybe that's where Pranam Mohandal should be, like, working with somebody like Peter Hine, who is, like, so far outside his, like, dad's, like, network of, like, people, the industry contacts. But I'm trying to see if there's some place for him in the Malayalam or other film industries in India. And, like, I, I can see some, see some, like, niche things that he could do. But is he interested? 
Or would he rather be doing all this off screen, like in his real life? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I get a little frustrated because I see something there. But on the other hand, I mean, here's here is the core of what we're actually trying to get to. If you don't really want to be invested in putting a career, why are you bothering? Why are you, you know, having people put up their money for you on so many levels, either from the production side or from people paying for a ticket? Because it's only going to be so long that they're going to buy tickets because you're Mohanlal's son. And I think, you know, that sort of... It, Pranav unfortunately underlines that you can be a star kid and it will get you chances and it will open a door for you. But if you're not willing or you don't, you're not willing on any front to, to build that career, it's not going to happen. And that's as it should be, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it is, um, it is hard for us to sit here and go off a couple of movies he's done. Uh, I wish he did more side character roles. I, I feel like that's where we can see if he's actually got like yeah. the the chops because you know just like we're talking about like Fahad coming in in Pramani and I'm like I want to know more about him like maybe just being a being interesting on screen is is most powerful when you're a side character. So I hope he maybe tries to do some side character roles. Um, I, you know, I know he wants to do maybe a little bit of these larger than life roles because that's where action comes in. But we're talking about Malayalam cinema, not big budgets, uh, unless Anthony P is over there. I'm sure his purse has its limits too. (laughs) I mean, at least if he's putting up money for Mohanlal, he's going to get the money back, even with a film that, you know, may not get critical acclaim. Yeah. I mean, the fans are going, the fans are going to come out and buy tickets. I mean, that's where you, t- you talked about the fan associations earlier. They're going to, to make, you know, the film be, make money at the box office, whatever the critics think about it. And, um, you know, it is interesting to me considering that he has this family lineage that is also included in, that also includes summer cinema, that he didn't launch in summer cinema in the first place because he could have. Like he could definitely have. We we're gonna talk about a few star kids who start who have male and like film lineages, but like started off in Bummer cinema because you know maybe that's where they grew up and where they're most comfortable in a summer speaking Amelia. So maybe you know there's a lot of things Pranav could do, but right now we're kind of in a stasis. <laughs> maybe that's where we should end, particularly as you brought up where we're going to go next. So we're going to talk about people who've spread their wings a little farther than Malayam, in the Malayalam films, which is going to, we're going to talk about um, Kirti Suresh, Kalyani Priyadarshan, and Kalidas Njera. Thanks for listening to the Poland and Empathy podcast. If you like what you're hearing, remember to come back for our next episode and share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email us at polandidapati at gmail.com or reach out to us on our Twitter feed at Poland Didapati. See you next time.